On this episode, we talk about our favorite Disney animal sidekicks. Today is January 27th, 2023, and this is episode 534 of the Main Street Magic Podcast. Jeremy and Rhonda are more than a little fond of Disney World, so they made this podcast to share it all with you. Reports and resorts, top 10 lists of all sorts, Main Street Magic's bringing it home for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Main Street Magic. I'm your host, Jeremy Stein, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rhonda. Hey guys. Make sure you check us out on the web at MainSTMagic.com, as well as follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MainSTMagic. If you've not done so already, head out to Facebook and search for the Main Street Magic community and ask to join. Then if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, you'll get brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Friday. If you are looking for grocery delivery to your Walt Disney Resort or beyond, highly recommend that you check out Vacation Grocery Delivery. Everything is delivered for the exact store price by their team of current and former Disney cast members, so there are absolutely no price markups and one set delivery fee. Plus, they can deliver alcohol without you being present. And if you're looking for the latest in Disney World, Disneyland, and Universal News, look no further than Pirates and Princesses. They're giving you news, views, and reviews of all things Disney and Universal. Head on over to piratesandprincesses.net. And then finally, if you're getting ready to plan your next Disney or Universal vacation, looking to go on a cruise or pretty much travel anywhere else in the world, head to mainstmagictravel.com and fill out a form for a free quote. Our travel services are completely free to you. So, Rhonda, what are we talking about today in our uh, hopefully somewhat evergreen topic until new Disney <laughs> movies come out? Uh, animal sidekicks. Yeah. That's fun. Like It is. Animals. So Animals only. Like Beauty and the Beast, I thought Chip, but he's not an animal. He is a teacup. He is a teacup. Well, he's a boy. Well, he's yeah. Both. You could, I guess we could have gone with the um, uh, Ottoman, which was a dog, dog in real life. I know. He was super cute. Well, so so here's what we were looking at is, and we'll do a whole other episode on, I guess, non-animal sidekicks where you okay. could come in with like a Lumiere and a Cogsworth and things like that from Beauty and the Beast. But this is going to focus on animals. Um, and then we were thinking like, all right, do we want to be animal sidekicks that are only sidekicks to humans? Can they be a sidekick to another animal? And basically, our only definition is they cannot be a leading roller character, and they must be an animal. Okay. So they can be an animal sidekick to a leading role animal, how right? How many? How many? Holy moly! So Did there's you a look lot. This up? Yeah. So I okay. mean, there, there's a ton, and we narrowed it down, and, and we'll go over a little bit of that list. We basically narrowed it down to a little over twenty, right? So before we kind of talk about how we came up with the list. What for you, because we're, we're going to talk our favorite animal sidekicks, yes. which is very different than possibly the best. Mm -hmm. What for you, as you were thinking of your list, constitutes making them your favorite as opposed to the best? Um, I think it, how it, they interact with the character. Mm -hmm. um, I think how... They make me laugh and I really like them and I don't know, something like that, I guess. I'd agree with all the same things. Okay. It, it's the ones that I think I'm drawn to. I think, right. yeah, humor is huge. Um, I think the way that they support the leading character in the way that I want them to, mm -hmm. um, you know, because there are some that are the best sidekicks. 
like, for example, did not make our list, right? But we're going to mention Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. Right. Sebastian is an absolutely outstanding animal sidekick because he is constantly looking out for what he feels is Ariel's best interest. Right. As opposed to me kind of feeling like, well, you're you're kind of messing with her vibe, dude. Like, she wants to go on land. She wants to be human. She wants the, what do you call them, feet. <laughs> but He's a great sidekick. And dad... he's probably one of the best, but maybe not my favorite because he kind of... Was it Harsh is My Mellow? Wasn't that, was that from, where was I that from? Was no that a Biodome? Is that a Polly Shore I reference? Say, are you trying to be like I a child? I think it is. Yeah. Harsh is My Mellow. And this is way back. That's Polly Shore. Oh. Um, but you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And I mean, but like I do, but at the same time, like Sebastian's just following the king of the ocean, King Triton. That's true. And in the end, I mean, he is pretty. He, yeah, he, he feels pretty good. Yeah. He feels as though, and he does come around, but, but most of the movie, he feels as though he is doing what he believes is in Ariel's best interest because of the King. Correct. Not necessarily what is in her best interest for her, which is why I think he didn't make our list. Right. Yeah. Is that fair? I guess. I think people right now are going, how did they not make him? He not make your list. Oh, don't worry. Here's how we're going to work it. So. We basically came down with a list. There ended up being uh, just shy of 25 different animal sidekicks. And real quick, some of the ones that did not make our combined list were Sebastian. Um, Tuck Tuck from Raya and the Last Dragon, who yeah, I actually is, think is a wonderful sidekick. Too. Yeah, absolutely. It just, if it comes into the top realm of our favorites, just Correct. doesn't make it. Um, the White Rabbit, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. A little neurotic, but I, mm-hmm. I think, again, best interest right, in right, mind. For a very important date. Yeah. Best interest, right? Yeah. Um, Thumper, Bambi. Yeah. We just met Thumper. Yeah. Which was cool. Super cool. Uh, Turk from Tarzan. This one I thought was interesting, but I thought it could have made a list for us to figure out as Piglet and Winnie the Pooh. And I really think this could have been any of the supporting characters. Like Tigger, Eeyore. I don't know that I've ever said this publicly. Uh Uh-oh. I love the Winnie the Pooh ride. Just based on it being a great, well-manufactured dark ride, um, I can't stand Winnie the Pooh. <gasps> oh my goodness! In most any of the supporting characters. What? All right. Really? Yeah. Pig Piglet is insufferable. Eeyore is the biggest downer out of almost any character. Tigger is possibly dabbled in illegal illegal substances. Oh my right? goodness. I love Christopher Robin actually. Pooh Pooh's all right. I mean, to just eat what you want and not wear pants. I think that's that's pretty cool. But He's a bear. He is a bear. I just I'm He's not a, a cute Winnie, old bear. I'm not a Winnie the Pooh fan at all. Oh, I did wow. like the Christopher Robin live action movie though, shockingly. Okay. Are you a Pooh fan? I mean, yeah, I like it. I don't I like the like rabbit. It. Whose you name like the expa- rabbit escapes me, but he's also extremely neurotic. Uh, like it is a it is a cast of rabbit. characters. Is the name Rabbit? That shows how how much I don't <laughs> care about Winnie the Pooh, and I do apologize I to anyone that loves Winnie the Pooh. Um, 
Miko, God, Miko and Flint from Pocahontas, I think are wonderful sidekicks, just didn't make it on our list. Uh, we have a good friend named his cat Miko. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jiminy Cricket, Pinocchio. I mean, this is Jiminy Cricket's. He's a conscience. He's his conscience, yeah. Outstanding character, outstanding we sidekick. We've not watched the live action. We need one to yet. do that. Maybe we do that tonight. Do that tonight? Um, that's fair. Um, Baloo from the Jungle Book. It's a wonderful sidekick. Yeah, yeah, I like him. But um, Pegasus, Hercules. We could probably mm-hmm. do a whole top five horses. Yeah, that's true. And then finally, um, Iago from Aladdin, who is interesting because it's a villain sidekick. Yeah, and that's when I saw it earlier. I was like asking about it. Like, um, so Iago, like, which is a great one, but he is a to a villain. Yeah. So. That's doesn't where, doesn't make the cut his favorite, right? R- right, I think because, I mean, he doesn't even come around. Yeah, he's just a great sidekick to to Jafar. Jafar, he's absolutely outstanding. Correct. So here's what we did: we had this list of we actually broke it down to 24 um, animal sidekicks, and then what we did is I had I had a list of 24 on one sheet, and then Rhonda had a list of 24 on another sheet. Mm-hmm. And what did we do? From those two sheets. You made me pick the ones that I like the most, and then you pick the ones that you like the most, and then you put them together. We cross-referenced those lists. Mm-hmm. How many do you think we had that were the same? I mean, it's t- right in front of us, but I don't know if you I thought you, I started to say, I thought you said like seven. Seven. Yeah. So seven of you ours did uh, match up and correspond. Three okay. for each of us did not. So we basically had now have the top 13 of our favorite Disney animal sidekicks. And I'm going to let you start with your three that did not make my list. Uh, right. And then as always, we like to add a little bit extra. So we research added in a little bit of trivia. So if you want to go ahead and we'll have you read who this sidekick is, I'll give a little bit of trivia and then uh, we can kind of break it down and talk. Right. So who was one of your animal sidekicks that did not make my list? Zazu from the Lion King. So Disney's animal kingdom lodges first Absianian ground hornbill chick is named after Zazu and dubbed his cousin. Aww. Neat little bit of trivia. That's awesome. Why Zazu? Because I, I love him. I liken him to Sebastian. Uh, okay. But, and I, I, get, I see that, but I don't know. I just love him. Yeah. He's like, he's just so like he helps too in the end. And he's doing what the king says, but at the same time, like, I mean, Simba's a child. Yeah. So, like I mean, Ariel? like, a, yeah, but Ariel, Ariel was older. 16. Okay. But Simba shows to be a cub, yeah. which to me would be like six months. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, he's not even a year yet. So do you think there was much Maybe more a year old? Yeah. I mean, you know, do you think then there there's much more of a responsibility on Zazu than there was Sebastian yes. to have that or because let's look <laughs> a, a six month to one year old lion cub compared to a 16 year old mermaid. They're probably neither one is making the best decisions for themselves. Right. Mm. Which is why we have a Zazu and Sebastian. Correct. And I think that was the only reason I didn't pick him is because it was so, I, I think I think he and, and Sebastian are, they mirror each other. 
Okay. They start off doing what is in the interest for the best of the king. Maybe not necessarily the child, even though it is, mm-hmm. but not according to the child. And in the end, they kind of come around to see everything. Okay. So I definitely, I, I definitely think... see that. It's a yeah. wonderful character. Yeah. Really, really good. What What else was on your list that did not make my cut? I don't know why this didn't, but Gus yeah. and Jock. Okay. From Cinderella. So Jimmy McDonald, who voiced um, Gus and Jock in the original film, was uh, coincidentally also the then voice of Mickey Mouse. Oh, wow. That's neat. That. I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't know the same person voiced both of them. Why did you go with that? Because we're going way back. Like most of our sidekicks are, are much more um, in the past, I'd say, what, two decades probably, mm-hmm. two, three decades, as opposed to going way back to some of the originals. Why did you select them? Well, because I, I do love Cinderella. I really do. I really like it. Um, it's it's a very sad tale, unfortunately, mm-hmm. where she is the stepsister and then ends up working. But Gus and... She takes care of even like the little mice. Yeah. And they see that she's treated like this awful person. I mean, how like much like mice are. People don't like mice. The cat chases the mice and, you know, just things like that. And then they try to help her through the whole thing, which I love, like when they help her get her dress ready and. And then there are the horses that lead her to the ball. And I don't know. I just yeah, really they, like them. I, I think they see themselves in her and vice versa. She sees her in them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they're almost all they're all treated like animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way she's treated by the stepmother and the sisters and all. So that's an interesting. That's actually interesting. I'd not really thought it through that much. Now, to be fair, I can't say when the last time was I watched the animated feature of Cinderella, you know, oh. beginning to end. Um, yeah. I love the live action version. So I don't know. I, I don't know that it but really she still has the mice. In the yeah, live yeah, yeah, action. yeah. But I don't know how much it, it resonated with me in that aspect. But that makes a lot of sense, especially with them. Yeah. Seeing what she's going through and being like, she's being treated like an animal. We're animals. Let's all help each other out. Kinda, <laughs> right. So um, what was your third pick? You actually added this to the list. Yes. Of all sidekicks that I just I didn't think of. I'm shocked I missed this one. I am too. But I added Bruni from Frozen 2. So according to the junior novelization little book, uh, Olaf is the one who um, christens the fire spirit with the name Bruni. And the rest of the group call him by his name, though Bruni is never actually addressed by name in the finished film. Yeah, that's crazy. I know, because it wasn't. It was never in the film. I never knew. You know how hard it was for us to find that Bruni for Lacey? Because we had no idea what it was called. Yeah. Why'd you pick Bruni? Um, because he's so cute. <laughs> and I I don't know. I mean, I guess I just love that he is fire and, you know, cold. he's cold too. He does get cold. He stops and he's just this little cute salamander looking thing. And he, but he can also get fiery and it's mad. kind of like you. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Yeah, I just, I don't know. And then, like, the way he looks, like, the way they make him look, and, like, when she's talking to him, like, he answers without, it's just, I don't know, I just super cool. That's what I think is a really good point, is that, and we're going to cover a few of these, when you talk, and and I I, I really, there, there are not a lot of other studios that can do this. Disney has such a knack for creating characters that never technically speak 
but are able to convey emotion and messages. And Bruni's, uh, like you just said, is a wonderful example of that. Yeah. Never speaks an actual understandable word, but you understand everything that he's saying. Yeah. And that's incredible. Yeah. And I think, again, that's why people fell in love with a character like Bruni. Mm-hmm. So moving on to mine, uh, did not make your list. Who is the first one on my list? And then I'll read a little bit of trivia. Mushu and Kiki from Mulan. Yeah, so this was very interesting. So Joe Pesci was originally cast as Mushu, but after a few voice tryouts, the animators didn't think that he was right for the role. In addition to Pesci, Steve Martin, Sinbad. Remember Sinbad? Yeah. I wow. loved that show. Yeah. Hanging with Miss... No, that wasn't... Um, oh my gosh, what was it? It was actually Sinbad. I was yeah. thinking of Mark Cooper and Hanging with Mr. Cooper yeah. for a second. Also a great show. Chris Tucker, Chris was, Rock, oh, wow. and Drew Carey were also considered to voice Mushu. I'll be honest. I mean, they tried out Joe Pesci, so obviously he didn't work. I think any of those other could have been very good. Oh, 100%. But it's pretty tough to beat Eddie Murphy in this role. Yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy was not able, there's a little extra trivia, Eddie Murphy was not able to reprise his role in Milan 2 because of contracts that he had with Shrek, who, oh. by the way, outside of Disney, I'll just say it, one of my favorite Animal sidekicks of all time is definitely Donkey. Probably my number one, even if you include Disney movies. It's possible. Wow. I love Eddie Murphy in those roles. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, you know, both of these characters, they're looking out for Milan. They're looking at her best interest. They're trying to help her. And Mushu, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Like, course. just uh, an incredible voice actor, an incredible actor. I grew up on Eddie Murphy, not only watching in Saturday Night Live, moving on to things like Beverly Hills Cop, 48 yeah. Hours, yeah. another 48 Hours, you know. Um, Wasn't he in Coming to America? Coming to America is like, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. yeah, just I think he's an incredible actor. He's hilarious and he's a wonderful voice actor and he brings so much life to this character. I do think that a Chris Rock would have probably been one of the second best because I'm just hearing voices. Right. But I also think Chris Rock is the most comparable to an Eddie Murphy. It would have been so cool to hear like a Steve Martin and what he would have done with that role. Yeah. I think it would have been much calmer maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I, I love these characters very, well, very good. much. And those are the main reasons. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, let's move on first to, to my next. Well, let's move I on understand to this pick. This one. Let's, well, let's move on to this pick. Uh, okay, next. So who are we talking about here? Uh, Bullseye, Toy Story. Yeah, so Bullseye was originally going to have a speaking voice by, guess who, Martin Short. Oh, wow. Talk about that. Uh, but John Lasseter decided to make him a non-speaking character since he thought it would be more appealing to audiences. It was, I think. Very much so. Do you, what do you think if he would have talked? I think it would have ruined it. You do? And, and that has nothing against Martin Short. I know in the past, if you go way back, I have expressed, I'm not going to say dislike, but not a love for Martin Short. Right. Mostly when it's come to the old Canadian Pavilion show. Right. Um, I I think he's very over the top, more in a sense that I don't love. Uh, I did love him as Ed Grimley, but I I found a newfound love for Martin Short um, during his run on Arrested Development, and then he actually ended up on the Smart List podcast that right. I adore. And at that point, I was like, okay, I love this guy now. He is incredible. <laughs> I think it would be interesting. I think that bringing in someone like Martin Short to battle against a Tim Allen and a Tom Hanks, I think it would have been, maybe this sounds stupid, too much star power. 
Okay. And I think that I understand that as as much as Martin Short probably could have done a great job, I think he needs to control a role, not be kind of um, a sub role or a role player or a secondary right. character or like a sidekick. Yeah. I think that they would have used him too much that it would not have worked. Okay. He's not a sidekick. Right. I mean, even look at what he did, did in um, Dud. Look what he did in Santa Claus 3 as Jack Frost. Right. It is a very overpowering role. Right. Yeah, so, that's true. What do you think? I mean, do you think it would have worked? Do you, If Bullseye had had a speaking role, do you think somebody like who would have pulled that off? I think you would have had to take yeah, a. I don't know. I think you would have. You I'm would glad have he didn't. Take, like, I agree. So you don't even want to think about it. Yeah, I'm kind of really glad he didn't. Okay. I love Bullseye. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, get non-speaking character that speaks to you, right? Yeah, 100%. All right, speaking of two speaking characters, and I, and we didn't mention this part earlier, some of these we lumped together um, because we felt that they they worked together. For example, Mushu and Creaky, they work together. Yes, yes. You, you hear that sound, right? I found yeah, this out the other day. Is? So yeah. So I was sitting here the other day in our office. You guys can't hear it over the microphones, but um, just to put you in on what's happening here in our little lives. There I was sitting in my office and and there is so much stuff. There's so much I'm not gonna call it junk. It's all none of it is junk. It is all well crafted memorabilia that all has a purpose in life, right? I might call it junk. And there is a moment in the day where I start hearing this clicking sound. And I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, what is going on? I had music on, I turned the music off, and I'm like, I hear this incessant clicking. What is happening? So I just start turning around and looking everywhere. And then I notice at the exact time of day, it's between about 4.30 and 5.30 p.m. because the sun sets in the back of our house. The sun shines through a perfect spot in my window that it hits this tiny solar-powered dancing Spider-Man <laughs> on the bottom of a shelf behind our desks. And as he does his little hula dance and shakes his hips, almost slightly a twerk, it makes this clicking sound. And you just caught it. Yep. What were you we talking about? So- we did um, lumped them together. Yeah, we lumped a couple together because we felt that they made sense together. Yep. Along with the next one. Yes. And this is Lewis and Ray from The Princess and the Frog. I mean, do you think that's not going to make my list? Well, right? yeah. I mean, that's what we were. You wanted me to do this, I, I guess, I last so we can. <laughs> I know. I Why did you, you want it. me to pick it? So that we would equal out on it. But so. Um, during uh, Gonna Take You There, Ray shouts, all right, Lulu, let's get to it, darling. This is actually a reference to Jim Cummings, who voices Ray, Ray's uh, daughter, also named Lulu. Aw, isn't that cute? I think that these are two characters that could have their own spinoff, their own short stories. Um, I know that Raymond is with Evangeline now. I don't know if he will show up in Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Um... I am... Hoping that there's a star in the sky, two stars for that matter. I just, I, I love these characters. I think they add so much. And I think these are, we'll probably talk about some more, but I don't know that we've gone through so far um, characters that could carry their entire own story. And I believe these two could. Do okay. you think so? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't love it like you do, though. I know you don't. Have I you like these characters. Huh? Raymond? How could you not just I fall in last, love with Raymond? I do like him, but I remember watching it the last time, like really watching it with you. And I was like, when Dr. Facilier like stepped on him and like killed him, 
Why are you uh, bring that up? I was like, dude, he's a little firefly. He would have been squished all to pieces, and he didn't really even die at that point because wow. they carried him. Remember, I was telling I you, you all you were this. Dark though, you were dark. <laughs> you just wanted to see a big pile of mush. It's awful, Rhonda. I mean, awful. that's what happens when you step <laughs> on a bug. It is. <laughs> Okay, that is true. But are you purposely doing this or is this accidental at this point? No, this we is accidental. Not know about I don't know. I don't. Okay, you're not purposely stepping on bugs? No, I save bugs. You're the only ones with those, those mole crickets, though. They are, they are detrimental to yards. If I do see one on the sidewalk, I kind of give it a little Dr. Facilier. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. Any all others, I will sidestep. But <laughs> those mole crickets can really do damage to your your yards, and we take yeah. good care of our yard. Yeah, and well, we, we spend have, good money on it. I just started to, to say we to spend make sure money. That yeah, it is kept up. Um, I, we I love spend money too. on yeah. to kill bugs. This is true. That's true. But I don't have to do it. We don't have to do it. We don't have to see it. All right, let's get into our seven that we actually mashed up on and we agreed, and we're gonna lump our first two together. Uh, both non-speaking sidekick animal character roles. Who are they? Pascal and Maximus from Tangled. Yeah, so Pascal is actually based on a real chameleon owned by artist Kelly Lewis. The day the directors were trying to find a name, the animator said she named her chameleon Pascal, so they took the name. Oh, that's amazing. That just kind of gave me chills. I don't know why. That's really cool because I wanted a chameleon. And I remember because Rob goes to this exotic animal place. And they had one, and apparently they are very hard to keep, excuse me, alive, and, like, they're just very hard. Yeah. And I guess you can't, like, quote-unquote play with them much, where I'd be, like, I'd be, like, wanting to hold him like Pascal, like, put him up to this color and see if he changes, put him up. It's not going to work that way. Yeah, so I was, like, oh, okay, fine. I, I think these might be the top two um, non-speaking Disney roles ever, in my mind. Yeah. When you talk about, about emotion them. and you yeah. talk about <laughs> non-speaking speaking and, and you talk about all these things, like I don't think there's two characters that convey more than these two. I mean, you want to talk about you know uh, the princess and the frog and having a spinoff there. This I think this could literally have a completely non-speaking spin-off series mm-hmm. that these two never saying a word and have interactions that you would understand everything that's going on. I mean, Pascal, the whole scene when she first meets Flynn and, and he's just sitting on her shoulder is just, I love it. All his, all, again, the facial expressions, mm-hmm. everything. Same yeah. with Maximus. Yeah. I absolutely love these two. I, I love adore these two characters. Maximus and Flynn have that banter of you know fighting and then at the end he loves flynn and realizes oh wait he's actually a good guy and and that's why we lumped them is is even though it doesn't start that way you know pascal is truly um rapunzel sidekick yes and in the end maximus is flynn's right or sorry should i say eugene eugene at that point eugene Fitzgerald. yeah in the end they are both the sidekicks to their respective Adults. Mm-hmm. And I love them. I, I kind of wish I'd left adults. this for last. I was wondering why you didn't, but that's okay. What's our next pair? Because we do have a couple pairs here. Actually, we have a, several pairs. Who's next? Hey, hey, and Pua from Moana. So, did you know that the villager that suggests eating Hey, hey is also voiced by Alan Tudyk? Because Alan Tudyk voices the non speaking Hey, hey, which is why I oh, wait, love okay, him so much. I don't understand. Because he screams? Yeah. 
That's the only because he doesn't speak. No, he does not. He does the screams and such. They also um, used actual chicken noises and mixed those with Alan Tudyk to provide the voice or should I say non voice of Hey Hey. <laughs> now, Pua, I don't think is as much of a character. But because he doesn't go with right. Moana. He tries to in the very beginning. Hey, hey, accidentally goes. So w- what I like is that you take a Pascal or a Maximus and they provide a certain amount of comedic relief on a very intelligent level. Mm-hmm. We get the complete opposite with this comedic relief. Yeah. We get a chicken that is dumber than chickens. <laughs> is he... Is he a chicken? He's a chicken. So he's not like a rooster? Um, n- well, no, because isn't a, looks- a rooster is just a male chicken, isn't it? Isn't a chicken a chicken? A rooster's a <laughs> male and a hen is a female? I don't know. Anybody who's a zoologist trying <laughs> in at this moment. I know I'm saying like Pascal and Maximus are kind of my favorites as far as like overall showing emotion, you know, speaking without speaking. I think Hey Hey is my favorite comedic animal sidekick there is. Yeah. And again, doesn't say a word. Yeah. I will laugh at Hey Hey all the time. <laughs> it's very funny. Who is our next pair? And I, I know you love this one. Yes, I do. Abu and Raja from Aladdin. So when a screening of Aladdin was shown to the world famous Steven Spielberg, which would make sense because I feel like a lot of this, especially with the cave scene, uh, is taken from the Indiana Jones Spielberg films. So maybe okay. that's why they showed it to him. Um, Spielberg said he enjoyed Abu's character as he felt the character helped balance the tone of the movie whenever it got too dark or serious. Hmm. So again, we've got respective humans, Abu to the Aladdin mm-hmm. and Raja to Jasmine. Yep. Right? Why do you love these characters so much? One, one speaking... Well, no, they neither one of them speaks. Now, Abu technically says some words. Yes, when he tries to wake him up. Yeah, because we've talked about this before. Yeah, I think there's only. I don't know. You could probably Google like how many words words. does Abu say. So why do you? Why do? And I think Abu much more than Raja, but Raja Raja's a protector. Yes, because I like when he bites the um, the prince or the whoever. mm And has his underwear in his mouth. Oh, yeah. That was... I mean, even when you go to the live action in the Goofy yeah. Prince. Um, yeah. Abu, I think, but it's the same thing. Abu is a protector of Aladdin. Yes. He is looking out for Aladdin's best interest, even if it means stealing for him or, again, being his best friend, basically. Yep. Um, well, that's in the first, the animated, yeah. when he sings, he says, you're my only friend, Abu. Yeah. So. Aww. That's yeah. sad. But not in the... Not in the um, live action. Did you watch Friends? Much? I mean, I watched it. Who who's the better who's the better um, monkey sidekick, Abu or um, Marcel? Oh, uh, that's right. There was a little monkey there. <laughs> yeah, there was. Oh, I do love Marcel. Everybody wanted a monkey. Yeah, everybody does. Still want one. Would you want a monkey? Yes. I feel like it'd just be poop everywhere. You put a diaper on him. I don't know. I mean, our dog wears a diaper. True that. So we could we could have a monkey running around. But it, but it wasn't. It's, I don't think people watched <laughs> Aladdin and were like, I want a monkey sidekick because it was animated. And they're like, well, that's not. They're not going to wear a cute little hat and a vest. Like, that's not real. He's not going to steal Some do. jewelry. For, some do. But then I think you saw Marcel and friends and you were like, wait, you can really have one? Like, that's pretty cool. So I bet there was a, a influx of monkey purchases during that run of friends. Okay. It's got to be out there on the internet somewhere, like monkey statistic, monkey home monkey statistics. I don't know if is what we would look up. Where do you get a monkey from? The monkey store. 
Okay. You just lay bananas out in your yard. They just show up. <laughs> you put a trail from mm. the zoo. I don't know. Okay. Sure. All right. Next, we have yet another duo. And I don't think anybody can argue this one. Yeah, Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. So did you know that despite, I never thought of this, maybe you did, despite the fact that Scar is one of Timon's biggest enemies, they never actually interact with each other in the movie. Crazy, right? Well, that's right. I was trying to think when he yeah. they dress him up. It's not Scar. It's the, they're trying to, yeah. um, the other ones, the hyenas, right? They were right. trying to, yeah. Why did you pick these? Why is this on your list? Well, it's Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, they both go together <laughs> I agree. anyways. That's basically all you have to say on this. <laughs> and they're great because, you know, poor little Simba now as, you know, poor Zazu, like, yeah. doesn't watch him and they give him the sneak and then the hyenas think he dies and he's out in the desert and Timon and Poopa find him and then mm. they bring and him then in and make really, him family right and then he grows up he mm-hmm. really grows up with them I know and he's like peace <laughs> it's kind of messed up if you think about it he's like I'm out who Simba Simba I mean not really he didn't know he found everything mm-hmm. out and then he was like oh they're hurting my mom I mean come yeah. on no it's a good point you'd go back you'd be like peace too I gotta go my mom yeah, gotta go that's true but it's Timon and Simba but so he cute. takes them back with him which Timon and Simba do you like better the animated or live action version I think animated because they actually have their own talk about their yeah. own stuff Timon and Pumbaa do yeah they have their whole like I think is it all the we had there were there were and I've not actually seen anything past the animated Lion King. I know there was Lion King one and a half. There was a two. Yeah. Um, they do all of the. They, I don't even know if they're still doing the pre-shows during the movies. Uh, the safety pre-shows. That's what I was going to say. The movies yes. at Disney Under the Stars. They have um, the whole yeah. safety. Thing. I mean, Nathan Lane in the animated Lion King is such an incredible they are voice neat. role. They are yes. And I thought Billie Eilish and Seth Rogen actually did a wonderful job. They were my favorite part of the live action. Uh, Billie Eilish. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Billie Eichner. I said, <laughs> really said Billie Eilish. Oh, that's funny. It's been it's been a week. Um, anyway. It is. How has your week been? Mine has not been very good. I, I know it. I know it hasn't. <laughs> Why has yours not been very good? Well, the last episode, y'all heard that I had a little bit of and Jeremy even said my sinus mm-hmm. wife. And if you could tell, I had a little bit of sinus. Well, it turned into a nice, pretty infection. And I am on antibiotics. And I have been sick this entire week and still working. And then Jeremy's been out of town because yeah. his dad had a surgery on his knee. And so he, speaking of moms and dads, he went to go help. And which yeah, just got we back are blessed yesterday. that he could. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything's so, good. Yep, everything yep. went great for his dad and everything. And then, and he, we're prepping for farts. Yep. So, <laughs> we're, we're gonna check out farts on Saturday, which yep. we're very excited for. So, we got to get some rest and, and, and get all uh, going well. But, um, beyond that, I, I do think that the live action of Timon and Pumbaa with Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen, I think it's another one that really controlled that film and yeah. was a saving grace in it where a lot of the rest of the film wasn't that wonderful. 
but mm. I could watch their scenes over and yeah. over again. And I love the way that they brought a very new life to those characters without trying to imitate the originals the way that people can think whatever they want. Will Smith did with the genie. I thought that he paid great right. tribute to Robin Williams right. that will never be beat right. ever. Right. Correct. But he made it his own. And yeah. I thought they did the same thing. I, and I appreciated that. They didn't yep. just try and copy. Correct. Um, so, yeah. All right. We're going to go to a single sidekick. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the best ever. One of my favorite. Yes. Who we cannot pair it up with its partner because he is neither animal or human. He's somewhere in between. What? But who are we a talking snowman? about the actual animal? Yes. Sven from Frozen 1. So get this. If you have ever been in an office environment or something, right? Yeah. And somebody brings in, well, even at the salon, right? You got a microwave. And somebody brings in um, leftover fish, right? And they heat it up and they microwave. And you're like, who brought in the leftover fish, right? Yeah. Well, I think at Walt Disney Animation Studios, there was a question. And that was, who brought a reindeer to work? Because it smells even worse. Because the frozen filmmakers invited a real reindeer into the Walt Disney Animation Studios, observing the animal's physical makeup and mannerisms, which were later caricatured into the design of Sven. Like I say, invited a real reindeer. Like how many notif- did they send out they- in the mail? Like, <laughs> listen, we've got here's we got the top, Rudolph. Here's the top got- five reindeers. Yeah, Rudolph is one. Can you <laughs> name any more other than um, Sven? What, what's the, the most popular reindeer? Rudolph is number one. Well, Sven's number two. Oh my gosh, hang on. You got Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, oh, Vixen, no, yeah, but you can't Comet, and Cupid. Do you think they Donner all got invites? Yes. That's what I was going to say. You think Blitzen got one? Probably. And he was like, oh, man, I got a, I got an invite from Walt Disney Studios. This is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, you want me to just come stand around? And But it, what do you think that place smelled like? Do you think that they had to have the guy with the trash can like they do in the um, parades? I don't know how, the horses? I don't know how they their body works. <laughs> Are they like horses where I would assume? I would assume pretty similar. They just go to the bathroom when they have to. <laughs> Another question for a zoologist <laughs> that hopefully one is listening so they can answer this question. I just I just can't imagine. Like, yeah, you just show up to work one day. Could you imagine? Can I can I give it a carrot? That would be so cool. Can I, I give it a apple? Reindeer come to work. We ever seen a real life reindeer? I'm sure we have it like at a zoo or something. I'm trying to think. Possibly. Aren't their antlers kind of fuzzy a little bit? Or am, I, is that just <laughs> movie lore? <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking of the movie Snow with Tom Cavanaugh that I love so much. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen a reindeer in that. You've seen real reindeer on TV. Yeah. Or do you think the one time we saw it, it was just a horse and they put antlers on it? <laughs> like Max from The Grinch. Oh, and it, had, it had that red bow around its head. I just thought it had a toothache. <laughs> uh, so why, why, did we, why did we both pick Sven? Like one of the most lovable characters well, ever. It's almost sad because that's the only friend of Kristoff. I know. When like, you start. Yeah. yeah. And they, again, you have a non-talking role that talks via Kristoff. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It is. I mean. I love that. Yeah. I love when he's like, yeah, when he talks to his own voice. Hey. I can't <laughs> do I'm not a, can't do Sven's voice. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's move on. We have yet another duo. And who are we talking about here? Flounder and Scuttle from The Little Mermaid. Yes. So. 
Scuttle did not originate from the original Little Mermaid fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen. In the original story, the mermaid frequently speaks to her grandmother on what she wants to know about humans. It's possible that Scuttle is the closest counterpart to the mermaid's grandmother from the original Hans Christian Andersen story, except that unlike the bird-brained Scuttle, the mermaid's grandmother, on the other hand, is very wise. So we did not pick Sebastian. We did both select Flounder and Scuttle. Why is that so? Which, in all honesty, the more I think about it, I think you could lump all three of them together. Flounder, Scuttle, and Sebastian. I agree with you. So... I'm just going to do that right now. Okay. So it's Flounder, Scuttle, and Sebastian. Because Sebastian, more I thought about it when we were talking prior, Sebastian is great for her. Period. Like, would you would you say, going back, would you say that Sebastian, I mean, Sebastian is the Jiminy Cricket to her. Do you, Sebastian like her is her conscious. Conscious? Right? Yeah. I think so. He is, uh, you know, I think, I'm not going to say... Scuttle is Scuttle's very much more again the bird brain. He's just like, look, here's what I've seen about humans, and he doesn't right. have any and of the information. Only right, only finds that out from being up above right. in the water from the water. Yeah, Flounder is much more of the Flounder's a scaredy cat. Yeah, whatever you say, Ariel. Right. I agree with you. I yep. just want you to be happy. Yep. I just I want to do whatever you want to do, right. regardless of how it affects you. Right. Whereas then Sebastian is that I'm looking out for you. I want what is actually best for you, regardless of what you think or not. Right. So I agree. I think that the the trifecta of these three truly makes for quite a team of animal sidekicks, right? Yes, I completely agree. They are wonderful little, and they all become friends together, kind of. They all kind of come together to help Ariel. No, I completely agree. Um, We're (laughs) going to move into our last one, and- we when we do these kind of lists, we don't typically like to rank unless it's like um you know top like ten to one right. number one is this or that. Um, I don't want to say we maybe failed a little bit in what we're going <laughs> to mention last because and the only reason I say that is, do you believe this is a sidekick or is this a main character? Just here, say who it is. We'll, uh-huh. we'll do our little bit and then All we'll right. go from there. It's Dory from Finding Nemo. So according to director Andrew Stanton on the audio commentary for the Finding Nemo DVD, in the original story, Dory was going to be a male character. But when Stanton went home to write the script, his wife was watching the Ellen DeGeneres show. And when he heard DeGeneres' voice, he decided to change Dory to a female and cast her in the role, which she accepted. That's awesome. That's super cool. That's amazing. Is, Is Dory... A sidekick. Um, I would say so, yes. In Finding Nemo. Yes, in Finding Nemo. Not and in Finding then, Dory. Correct, because <laughs> then okay. she gets her own. I mean, that's very possible. I mean, like take Pascal and Maximus, for example. And let's just say you were like, or well, Pascal and after this, they had their kind of own movie to mm-hmm. show how did Pascal come to Rapunzel and then Rapunzel's basically his sidekick. That's a Her. great point. So Yeah. Yeah, because we're focusing yeah. on the specific movie, not Correct. the overall just say character and whatever else they've been in. So um I think this is some of the best comic relief. I think this yeah. is a character you immediately fall in love with. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, I've 
always been a big Ellen fan back to when she had the Ellen show. Like, I mean, she literally had the sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I think that it's a wonderful character. I think it's a wonderful sidekick in this realm. The only reason I was saying like, it's weird that we put it last is because she ends up getting her own starring role. But that also shows how many of these other sidekicks have we talked about that get their own complete movie afterwards? Mm-hmm. Like none of them. Yeah. They're still all bit parts. So I think she really fits that role. Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. It's a great, great show movie. I mean, so I am super excited to see what Disney comes up with next. Mm. I'm super excited to see what other sidekicks are coming. Mm -hmm. Um, We could easily, you know, do, like I mentioned before, a whole episode on non-animal sidekicks. That might Mm -hmm. be one of the next things that we put on the list somewhere. Okay. Um, But we do have a lot of cool things coming up. Most importantly, one week from now is our Main Street 16 challenge weekend. Holy moly. One week. One week. Are you ready? I'm not at all. (laughs) There's a lot to be done and that's okay. Mm. I'm super excited about it. Uh, Benefiting Give Kids the World. You can learn more about the entire weekend's event at MainStreet16.com. I do know that when you are planning that trip to Disney World, Disneyland, you want to get your dining at 60 days out. Oh, womp womp. It didn't exactly work. Do not fret because Mouse Dining is going to help you out. They're going to alert you when they spot availability for your desired restaurant, date, meal, and time. You can visit msmfriends.com to use this free service. As we prepare for the Main Street 16, 16 ride challenge through four, um, four parks, 14, um, <laughs> touring plans is going to be a vital asset with their Lines app because they offer trip planning for Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Orlando, and Disney Cruise Lines with their web and mobile apps. You can catch them live from the parks and the seas by following at Touring Plans on social media. Head to touringplans.com for $17.95 a year. You can basically have everything you need at your fingertips to maximize your park day. Nice. Very nice. Also, go ahead and subscribe. You get brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Please. And we'd be so thankful if you would leave us a rating and review. Because it'll help our show grow. That's all we've got. We'll see you real soon. Jeremy and Rhonda are more than a little fond of Disney World. So they made this podcast to share it all with you. Reports and resorts. Top ten lists of all sorts. Main Street Magic's bringing it home for you.